0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, quite a while ago, I was reading a book, and the thought in this book that I read that's really kind of stuck with me uh, for a long time. Even so, like, I probably read this about 10 years ago, but it stuck with me because I thought that's a really interesting idea, and I wonder, I wonder if it's true. And this author of the book, the book was all about ideas, uh, which I find very fascinating, like how ideas are formed, where ideas come from, what do you do with an idea once you have one. And the author in this book, this is like the only thing I really remember from the book, to be honest, uh, which makes it not very memorable, I guess, said that for them, about 50% of their ideas are good, meaning like 50% would be bad. The reason that really stuck with me is I found that a very generous number, because Maybe 10% of my ideas are good, but 50 would be great. This morning, we are going to hopefully be in that 10% of ideas that I have, but I can't guarantee it. So if this is horrible this morning, blame this book because they set my standards way too high thinking that my ideas were better than they were. Because this morning, I want to try something, and I'm really not sure how it's going to work out. As we've been in the series called Experiencing God, I've been kind of praying through a lot of the ideas as well as kind of reading other stuff, other material that's not related to this, but then I started to see some connection. And I started wondering, like, what does it mean for us to be experiencing God together? What does it mean for a church community to open themselves up to what God is doing around them and pay attention to it? And as we've been in the series, we've looked at uh, over the last... Five weeks, some very key principles about God and us is that God is always at work, that God is always at work. That means that God never stopped being at work, that God is consistently involved in this world. Like some of us, sometimes we have this belief that God is not involved, but the belief scripturally is that he is constantly, consistently involved in the work of this world. So in your life, in my life, in the lives around us. The second is this, that God um, is uh, loves us, and he's pursuing us. Meaning that he desires to have this relationship with us, and so he goes out of his way to try and get our attention at times. We can ignore that, for sure. Many of us do have, I do, more often than I should. But he's constantly pursuing us. This God who is always at work values us so much that he pursues us consistently. And that in that pursuit, he's inviting us to join him at work, at what he is doing around this world. So when we see God at work, part of that is his invitation to us to participate in what he's already doing. And that's been a key thought around this Experiencing God series that we've been in, is to be aware of how God is at work and to open ourselves up to participating in what he's doing. Not us initiating something, but us paying attention to what God is already doing. And also, we talked about this last week, that God is speaking to us, that through his Holy Spirit, he is speaking to us through the scripture, through prayer, through circumstances, creation, uh, and each other to reveal himself, to show us what he's doing, his purposes, his ways, and his invitation to participate. And also that when we start to pay attention to God, uh, David shared with us, a little bit, well, actually, I shared about this one, it can create a crisis in our belief, that it can cause us to go, maybe God is working differently than I thought the way God was working, because it's not the way I want him to work. And so we come to this friction point with God when we start to really pay attention to him and go, hey, he might be working differently than how I think he should work. And then David shared with us about how we adjust our life because of that that we need to make the decision to go, do I see what God is doing, and do I participate, or do I walk away, ignore it? As he said very eloquently, you can't follow Jesus and stay where you are, which is a really powerful statement that he made. And so these ideas, as they've come together through Scripture, but also through the inspiration of a book that I read a while ago called Experiencing God, which I'd recommend, We've explored this and we've start, now we have to ask the question, so how do we do this together? How do we do it together? It's one thing for an individual to say, well, I'm going to pay attention to God. I'm going to just do whatever I can and just follow God. But what does it mean when it's a community? What does it mean when there's, you know, 60 of us who are trying to figure out what does it look like to be following God together? To be experiencing what he's doing, to participate in the work that he's doing. And so in an effort to explore this, we're going to take some time to open ourselves up to maybe paying attention to what God is doing around us, and hearing from maybe each other, but ultimately the Holy Spirit, and see what God has to say. Before we take a step further, though, let's take a moment to pray. Father, I thank you that we get to be together this morning, uh, that it is Hopefully for many of us, whether we're here or away, a weekend of rest uh, where we take that day that is given to us to really be still and be with you, to pay attention to what you're doing around us and to open our hearts and our minds to it. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we are open and aware of how present you are. We don't need to invite you here because you are always here, but we are not always aware of it. Help us to be aware of your presence right now. You are with us always, but we're not always paying attention. Open our hearts and our minds to what you have. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In First Peter, the author, Peter, coincidence, wrote this letter, and he wrote this letter to a church community. And this church community, like every church community that's in the New Testament, is trying to figure out what does it mean to be a church community. Some of them do it better than others. And some of them have different people who write letters to them. So Paul is a significant person in the New Testament who writes many of the letters. Peter writes a few, as we're going to look at one of his here. There are some unknown authors as well, so they're more of a blanket statement to a bunch of people. But these letters are written because they want to encourage the church to know who they are, why they exist, and to follow God in a faithful way. Faithful is a key word because it's, it's easy to follow God when we think God does whatever we want him to do. It's a lot harder when we try to be faithful to what he says. And so these authors wrote these letters to these church communities to try and get them to understand what all this means and how they do that together. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 7. He writes this. He says, the end of all things is near. Now, as I read that sentence, don't, don't get too alarmed. Um, this is a common writing style. This is something that pretty much everyone in the first century world would think about. They think, hey, the end is near. And that doesn't necessarily mean like the end of the world that sometimes we interpret it as. It more means, hey, things are completely changing, and it's approaching. And so it could be that Peter was saying, it's the end of the world soon, which we would say, hey, you were wrong. More likely, we would say... Peter is acknowledging that things are changing. And he has a sense that there's always the possibility that the end is near. And so this is a common belief in their world. The end might come through death. The end might come through God changing everything. We don't know. This is something that we've gone far away from as as time progresses. We don't really think about the end until maybe we get a little close to it. But for a lot of people, for a long period of time, this was a constant thought. There was always the idea that something is changing. And so he says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So he's setting the picture like, hey, this is what it looks like being a church community. You know, you love each other. And people will sin, make error, cause harm, maybe say something appropriately, maybe comment something that you really wish they didn't. Love covers that. Remember, we're to love others. So offer hospitality, love others. Then he says this, If anyone, sorry, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Peter, as he's writing to this church, is saying, hey, this is how we should be in our attitudes in our community. We should recognize that we should love each other, even when someone maybe harms us in an insignificant way. Maybe we don't make more of a deal of it than we should. He's also going to say in other parts about how we don't continuously indulge in sin, so it's got to take it in context as well. He's not saying just ignore everything. He's also saying, hey, we need to be hospitable to each other. We need to offer hospitality. He's saying, but also each of us brings something to the table. Each of us comes with our variety of passions and gifts and interests and things that God is doing in our lives that we bring together when we are a community. And we should be offering that to serve each other. That your gifts, your talents, your your passions really aren't for you, they're for each other. That what you bring to the table is for someone else at that table to draw closer to Jesus. That you have something that will help someone. He doesn't get into a list of saying these specific things, though he does draw the idea of how we speak. And it's not just about preaching. It's that when we speak, we speak in a godly manner, a way that brings the words of God to people. And when we serve, we serve like we are serving God. So he brings this forward to this church. And they've got to figure out what does this mean? How do we do this? In fact, it's the struggle of every church for 2,000 years. What does it look like to be a community who is open to how God is moving, is faithful to Scripture, to God, and attentive to the Holy Spirit, and recognizes that everybody brings something to the table? And so this is where my possibly bad idea comes in. This morning what I want to do is I want you to take some time. Five, ten minutes, we'll see. I'm going to hand you out something. Actually, Gord's going to hand you out something because Gord has volunteered to be my helper. And I want you to pray through the questions that are going to be asked on the paper. And I want you to write responses to those questions. You might be visiting maybe for one of the first times or visiting family. I still want you to write something there. You might not be able to answer some of the questions. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, you know what, I'm coming because somebody brought me and I don't really even want to be here. But answer it anyway. There's no right or wrong answer. You're not going to be graded on it after. It's not a test. And I might show other people your answers. I haven't decided that yet. This is, again, maybe a bad idea. But I want us to be open to what God speaks to us. How the Holy Spirit moves. What is He showing us about what He is up to? And so, if even if you're online, you can do this as well. There's going to be a screen with the questions up. But the three questions are this: this Is this where do you see God at work at Bromley? And this is Bromley specific. You can see God work at a lot of places, but I want you to know where do you see God work here in this church community? Uh, this is something that I've been asking our leaders. Uh, I've asked some of you already this question. Some of you have great answers to where you see God working. Well, this is start praying now, asking the question, where do you see God at work here in this church? The second question is this, and this one's a lengthy one. Uh, so don't worry, it's going to be on a piece of paper. It's what interests, passions, abilities, skills, knowledge, and availability do I personally have or your family that could help someone thrive in their relationship with Jesus. What interests, passions, abilities, skills, knowledge, and availability do you have for someone else? You might say, well, I've got a great passion for needlepoint. Okay, that's great. Can you imagine that being used to lead someone to Jesus a little bit more? I think you could. But let's really be attentive to what God is saying. What interests, passions, abilities, skills, knowledge, availability do you have? And the third one is this. Just three questions. How do you see yourself joining God in what he is doing at Bromley? Premise is this. God is always at work. God loves us and pursues us. I'm going to add one. You find yourself in this church right now at this moment. How are you going to join with what God is doing? My my prayer and my hope for us as a community is that we are paying attention to God at work around us. Uh, Whether it might be the the younger people that are coming here uh, through Sunday school, through... Uh, the youth program, or the the large group of young adults who gather every couple of weeks, whatever it might be, that we're just paying attention to what God is doing, whether, again, hearts offering hospitality like we just read in the Scripture through our, our service opportunities here. Um, but when we pay attention, we also need to join. Uh, for too long, this is one of the realities of church, is that it's very easy just to not really be doing anything. And with COVID, with the reality that we watch things on screens more, we become more and more consumers and a less and less community. And so when we're paying attention to what God is doing, is he is bringing community together. And so I want to encourage you to be opening your heart up to how God is inviting you to be part of this community and what he's doing here and inviting you to share in. He has gifted you, he has invited you in some way to build someone else up. How is it? I don't know. But I'm sure he's talking to you. You just need to be paying attention. So my prayer is that we do that. It might take a while, but we'll get there. And then we see how we can be serving each other, and how we can be encouraging each other, and how we can offer hope to people who maybe don't have hope. Uh, Because I think a lot of us are looking for it. It's past time, so I'm not going to give you a chance to ask questions, but if you do have questions about anything shared this morning, please feel free to email me or just talk to me. We can always discuss, and we'll get back to doing questions in a couple weeks. Let's take a moment to pray before we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you call us to be your church. Whether we are part of this local assembly, Bromley, or part of another church, we are still your church. All churches are your church. Help us to continuously, not just Bromley, but Jesus, every church, to see you as the head and to open our hearts and our minds to you, Holy Spirit, to be attentive to how you are working around us and how we need to maybe adjust our life to be joining in what you're doing. We know that that's not always easy, but we know that you are always good. Or maybe we don't, and maybe we need that reminder. God, you are always good and you want our best. Help us to be attentive to that and to participate in what you're doing here. Let's pray this in Jesus name. Amen.